This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan, and we are coming to you on January 5th. Brendan, it is a Friday. Of course, welcome into the Friday edition of the CHGO Cubs podcast. Last week, Brendan, we were live. We are not live no, this week, so we cannot see week. your live chats. Like last week, also no news. Zero news. No right. moves. We've not made a move in, what, 13 months, I think? So here we are, yet again, doing nothing. You're not excited by minor league depth catching and like... I was, actually, but you want me to talk about them. on flyers? No, I mean, do it for Col- you. Colton Brewer is kind of interesting. You want to do a twenty-minute segment on Colton Brewer? But and okay, so like I know you dig into this stuff, but do you? you I got nothing that? else to do. No, I got I know, nothing else to looking, do. Like he's 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 interesting. Like this might like dude really. He kind of is. Oh, what do you want me to man. tell you? He's got interesting stuff. <laughs> I'm not like You're like just... putting money on him. He's got a, he's got an interesting breaking pitch. You want to talk about it I, or no? I think. No, not to start the show. Listen, I, I don't care how long it takes the Cubs to make a major move. We are not headlining a show with. I, well, I don't no, even remember. No, his I want to do. No it. offense to him personally. Colton Brewer is his name. Yeah, no. Future Cubs closer, perhaps. What I do, <laughs> we should go back over time since you and I have been doing podcasts together, and like try and track how often you were like. I don't want to say right or wrong, but like, you know, go after a signing or going into a season. Like, I like this guy. I think this guy's interesting because there's definitely ones that you nailed like early on. Like I think who? like Alzali, even recently when he started doing different That's stuff, right. you're like texting me That's right, right away. There's definitely certain things where you are. Julius Chassin. Remember that one? Yes, I do. But then, like, you know, I'm sure there's others where it's like, oh, this guy's interesting. Like, his curveball could really be something, you know, and then he gets DFA'd after two months. That's not true. Give me, one, give me one example where this happened. Well, no, I'd have to go back and do the research. Because it's know. not obvious. Because off the top of your head, there's nothing there. Because I am right, right 100% yeah. of the time. That's why. I'll give you a name, though. Tommy Nance. I was excited about Tommy Nance. He fell off the face of the earth. Well, but does that one count? He was cheating. He was cheating, so no. So, so I've been exonerated. Fooled. I was fooled. The cheating version was really good. <laughs> he so. was one of the best. <laughs> he had like 3,300 RPMs on yeah. that curve. Oh, man. How are you supposed to know? I don't think that's a ding on you. No, You were not. evaluating on what you had to evaluate on. I mean, we can talk about this. I was right about Craig Campbell. You threw him in the trash in 2020. That's true. Right yeah. about that. I was right about you, Darvish, literally two weeks before he went off. Fair. I wrote a blog about it. I'm the smartest person in the world. What do you want me to tell you? Right. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll let the audience, someone will find a bad take. I should I run the team. Wrong about something, I'm sure. I should run the team. If you did, we might root for a team that's made a major league transaction in the last seven months. And we might be filing for we might be filing for bankruptcy too, given the guys I wanted to sign in years past as well. So yeah. so uh, <sighs> with that, we have another episode where the Cubs have not added a player to their major league roster on a major league contract. The rumors persist and we are going to try to have a conversation that we have not had 10 times over the last three months. We're going to do our best folks, but 
that's that's where it is, Brendan. I mean, I saw a blog even on Fangraphs commenting on what, what are the Cubs doing? Is it okay that they're not doing anything? Will they do something? Like it's gotten to the point that you have people across the industry making comments Wondering, like, like what's going on what are they doing and and you know the tone of the the fan graphs article i think was a lot of what we've continued to say and other people have continued to say that like the the path to a good team and a good roster and a team that competes at the top level of the central central is there and it's fine they missed on certain things but at the the end of the day you have a, a pretty big market team that is just silent radio silent basically for the entirety of this off season. And it's catching people a little off guard, I think. But the, the strategy in that Fangraphs article, it, it makes sense. Like the, at this point we know what Judd's doing. He's waiting out the market. You got Boris running the show. Imanaga will be expired. His posting will be expired one week from Thursday. So six days from now, you can see what's going on. A lot of the big spenders are done spending. The Reds even have announced they're probably done making significant moves. So if you look across the market, given the CB tax payrolls going into 2024, Yankees at 280, they're already above the second tier. The Mets at 306, already above as well. Actually, the Yankees are above the third tier. I'm sorry. And then you look at the Phillies, they're at 253. The Braves are at 265. They're done. Dodgers, who knows, but they're almost around 300. Really, the only teams that might make sense for some of these Cody Bellinger type moves is San Francisco, maybe mm -hmm. at 190. But do they want to add a center fielder or first baseman, given they already have those slots filled with their new center fielder, as well as <clears throat> their uh, roster from last year? May not make sense. The Blue Jays, their payroll's at 234. Yeah. They're already above the first tier of the luxury tax. So it does appear It's always that a mystery team, but... The, sure, but it does it, appear yeah. if, 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 the, if the asking price for Cody is 240, which is what we heard perhaps from the National Beat, and it ends up being around 160 to 180, you can see the Cubs are likely the best suitor versus... The other teams, given if, their if the market, standing. we I think certain things have been true this entire time about Bellinger. One was that if the market was really there for him, and someone was willing to go crazy, let's say the Padres aren't trading Juan Soto, so the Yankees are still in, the Blue Jays don't make some of those other moves, so they're still yeah. in, and it's eight or nine years, some extreme number. The one thing we knew all along wasn't going to be the Cubs. They were not going to meet anyone at the peak of his potential market. The other thing that I think we've known is true the entire time, like the market falls to them. That's what they want. That's what they're waiting for. And I think even if there was other suitors, if it's fallen to a certain point, they're not going to, they're not going to lose out on it. They're willing to play in a cratered market and win in a lesser form than what Cody sure. was expecting. Right. Does that make sense? I, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, but. Like, yeah, but I mean, from like our perspective, it's unsettling to make all these moves in six weeks. Sure. Yeah. It hasn't been absolutely. done oh, before. The, yeah. We talked about it like exhaustively the past few weeks, but it's it's weird contrasting that with like the trades we had hoped would happen. So it's odd that those trades 
which you would imagine would be for arbitration controlled guys, maybe even pre-arb guys, they're not there. So even if you sign Bellinger, you sign so Hoskins, far, yeah. yeah, or you sign, you know, a starting pitcher, you would think that a an arbitration or team control guy wouldn't affect that pursuit. Yeah. So that's where it's like I understand the process, but at the same time, I'm I'm, I'm a little uneasy given there's there, there's nothing what whatsoever. So yeah, we'll see. I, Be I interesting. Know. I I do think at the very least on one, and the connection to the Cubs has not been consistent or even at times particularly strong, but the Cubs are amongst the teams mentioned sometimes uh, in the Shota Imanaga market. And at the very least on that, there's a deadline. So we know by Thursday the 11th, the posting period expires. The 45 days are up. He has got to have made a decision or the posting is over and he stays in the MPB. That, that's it. That's just what I mean, it maybe is. Maybe that happens, you know? I You'd have to think that there's no interest, though. It's a lot of money that you're potentially, even on the lower end of those projections, like that's a lot of money for him to ultimately decline. And you would assume that market doesn't get stronger if he's a year older, you know? Well, no, but a lot of money is going to be coming off the books for a lot of teams next year. So teams might be resetting. Well, their I, don't know, tax. I don't know, man. It feels like a, a gamble for a 30 the year old. Giants, pitcher. for example, would, could be resetting their tax. Yeah, like it I could suppose. happen. I suppose, you know, the but at too. the very least, that market is done in less than a week. So you will have an answer whether that's the Cubs or not. I I know that we talked about him to a lesser extent in an episode that you and I did where we highlighted uh, Yamamoto primarily, hoping that the Cubs would be looking at that. They obviously did not. So we didn't spend too much time on Imanaga, but really where I want to center this conversation, at least to sort of guide us. And of course, these comments were uh, a couple days ago now, but Brendan and I have not been on the air. And that was from pitching coach Tommy Hadovy on 670, the score. And he was talking about, he was pretty candid, Brendan, in like what he wanted as a pitching coach, which file it under the category of weird to say if it's not something they're going to do, which I think we've had endless examples of people in this organization (laughs) saying stuff that then like doesn't come to fruition or they don't really follow through on. And you kind of wonder why they said that. Uh, And of course, you know, it's a casual interview on a radio, but this is your pitching coach being asked what his wish list was. And he said, quote, solidifying the bullpen for me is always key. Always. You can't have enough starting pitching. Being able to add another starting pitcher gives you flexibility to do things with some of those kind of swing guys who you want to start, but also have weapons out of the bullpen. So that could solve some of those issues as well. So on the pitching side, for me, I feel like a starter and two bullpen pieces are probably kind of where my list wish list would be. Again, interesting stuff to say, because then if we get to Mesa and they have not done one or multiple of those things, then aren't we left with the conclusion, Brendan, that your pitching coach doesn't think that the staff is good enough, right? You would, you would think so, (laughs) right? I mean, like even one starting pitcher is probably not good enough. Like he's even being probably cautious. Yes, absolutely. There. Yeah. So, I, it is interesting. Yeah, and I and I think even just the baseline concept is a lot of what 
we have said, we've talked about this, that you need to replace Strowman's ability at a minimum to deliver starts and eat innings. And of course, I know he dealt with injuries during his time with the Cubs. Like he was not always perfectly healthy, but throughout his career, he's been a rather safe bet, especially relative to the rest of the league to make 30-ish starts, 25-ish starts, get towards that 180, 200 inning type thing. Like he's a safer bet than most to hit some of those milestones or at least get close to them. So you need to replace that because that allows you more flexibility with guys like yeah. Jordan Wicks or Javier Assad or Hayden Wisniewski, or when you do decide to bring up Kate Horton or Ben Brown, you're not putting everybody in a box of, well, they better be able to start every fifth day and eat six or seven innings. You don't need everyone to do that if you increase the depth. So obviously I agree with Tommy Hanabi there. We've been preaching it. He doesn't go as far as we do, which I think you just said, which is you need like a top of the rotation guy, not just another starter. Like you need a good starter, if not a really good starter. Like, uh, yeah, you know, you can go out and sign Blake Snell if you want to take yeah. that risk. Yeah. I know you're not into it. I'm not particularly I'm not. We, into it. We've dealt with too many people over the years in this organization that walk that walk more guys than we'd be comfortable with. I don't like it. I'm over it. Jordan Montgomery. I don't know if you're into him. That's yeah. I mean, that's one. It's it's a it's a price thing. I mean, of course it is on everybody. But I think so. The projection for him is six years, one fifty. So you have Snell projected seven years, two hundred by MLB trade rumors, and then for Montgomery is six years, one fifty for Imanaga is five years, eighty five. These are perhaps. how old is Jordan Montgomery? Because thirty one. Like Blake Snell's thirty one. Imanaga Montgomery is thirty one. Okay. Yeah. Imanaga's thirty. Stroman, I believe, is thirty three. He's right. Going to be actually, he's going to be 34 during the season. So, you know, he's getting up there. You got either you got to advance uh, Horton, which is likely 0.1% chance of happening given the innings Mm -hmm. limit, or you take a risk on Snell, or you bring back Stroman and hope you get some guys coming up through the system and progressing currently in the rotation, like Assad, like Wisniewski in the bullpen, making those next steps. And you have a soft push for 24, waiting to trampoline off 24 and 25, with then Horton actually being established, with Jordan Wicks being your bona fide middle-of-the-order rotation guy. That actually might be what they end up doing. Unfortunately, perhaps. Yeah. I I think the, the bullpen end of Hadavi's ask is a lot easier to solve. I mean, I think we saw last year as the bullpen broke down, you you really just needed that depth. And it, it did not require several lights out relievers or the, the absolute upper echelon of bullpen pitchers. You, you really just needed mm-hmm. a couple more guys you could trust to get three outs every now and again at a solid clip. And they just didn't have it. They had a bunch of untested rookies and guys who had not performed at that level and in those leverage spots before, and it bit them. So I think like that's an easy fix for them. Of course, they haven't put any effort into that so far in this offseason, uh, unless you're counting 
Did you say Colton Brewer? Colton Brewer. Colton with an E. C-O-L-T-E. So unless that counts, which I don't think it does, I I think that there's there's a lot of directions you can go to supplement a bullpen when the bar is pretty low for how they were going about things. Last Justin year. Wilson is a free agent. Speaking of guys who walk too many people, <laughs> that's who I was thinking of when I said that. I mean, yeah, you remember know, he came over in the trade, and all of a sudden his walk rate like spiked. Yeah, he was best friends with Anthony Rizzo. They got along great. Mound visits, laughing Shut along up. with each other. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, you know Isaac Paredes and Jamer Candelario. Never forget. Yeah. So Good anyways, times. I. It's an interesting discussion. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, like, I'm unnerved by these like six to seven year projections for guys that are 31 years old. Like, we we want the Cubs to spend money, but that is veering pretty far from like Jed's intelligent spending, I think, line. But again, like, you, there's only so many angles to address this. I know for a while it was, well, what if they make a trade with the Rays for Tyler Glass now? Somebody else did it. There's been these rumors of the Guardians and Shane Bieber, but we we don't really have any movement on that, it wouldn't appear. And other than I think people like us, other podcasts, blogs, things like that, kind of continuing to churn that thought, I, I don't know that there's any real substance to it, is there? Like unless it no. came to well, pass. I mean, it, it sounds it's as not if- like the beat writers are are updating daily that like they're talking and something is imminent. Like I think we're the ones <laughs> keeping this alive. Well, I think like- it's the Imanaga market too, you know? Like if you have a hundred and twenty million dollar pitcher still in the market and he's gonna sign in like a week, why would you not approach those negotiations? And of course, by doing that, you're not going to approach the trade market until yeah. that's settled. Yeah. So this, first off, this offseason sucks. They, yeah. they, going forward, the, the MLB needs to figure this out because whether it's deadlines, like deadline or a dude, this line, is, yeah. it's good for no one. Yeah. So if a you pe- think about like free agency period that comes and goes. Yeah. And I don't know what, what the solution is, but you're not hyping up the game. You're having guys, historical players, Hall of Famers sign in the past during spring training. Bryce Harper signed with Philadelphia like three, four years ago during spring training. Boris will keep this going all the way into February, even early March if they need to. That's good for no one. We're talking on this show nonstop about absolutely nothing. No one wants to listen to this team. How is that good for the sport? So this is ridiculous. You're going to have... Otani's market hold things up, and then it was it didn't, did it? I mean, for a week, the winter I mean, meetings, there was like nothing the there. Opened, then it seemed like there was only a couple teams that really thought they were even in that process at the end. So, well, there was, was holding nothing up? going on during the winter meetings. It was holding up the Dodgers from making other moves, and then it was glass know? now. Yeah, I mean, there were moves after that. Eduardo Rodriguez signed, sure. but like the big guys coming off the board. Imanaga, yeah, the Diamondbacks were waiting to find out where Otani was going. You never know. Yeah. You never know what their pitch they, was. They were holding out hope. Listen, we might get him. Yeah. Those Paradise Valley mansions, they appeal to a lot of different people. Yeah, he loves uh, he loves Chase Field. I heard yeah, that in an interview. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Uh, yeah, I it's it it's not good, but 
we at this point, you know, this is where it is. That's not changing in this offseason. We just have to hope that Jed's strategy is ultimately one that he can pull off. I think. At I mean, this how point, stupid can baseball be, though? Like you're trying to bring in new fans, and for five months you have a dead weight period. Nothing. Yeah. Look at look at the NBA. The first week and the NFL first week, all the moves are made. That's it. Then you have for the NFL, you have you know OTAs, you got voluntary camps, whatever the hell they call all this stuff. For NBA, you got the Vegas summer league on TV like three weeks after it, and the draft and all that stuff. Baseball has their draft during the season during the All Star break. And then you have a five-month deadweight period of absolutely nothing. You weren't watching Christopher Morel in the Dominican Winter League? I watch all the AFL games too. I am not the person that baseball should be catering to. Fair. I'm an idiot. I'm going to watch the highlights on YouTube after this when we're done talking. But this, this, is, this is insane. How can you, as a fan who wants to get interested in the sport, be excited about nothing? There's zero induction of reward during the off season. Yeah. So they, they got to figure this out, man. Like the next, I don't know how this stuff gets resolved or whatever, but like Theo, you know, I know Theo listens to our podcast. Yeah. Figure it out, dude. Figure it out. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll continue this after the, the first ad break, but I mean, even just finishing on those, those how to be thoughts, something that jumps out like of that, obviously I think, because what he said fits so well with what everyone has sort of obviously seen this team needs and the fact that he's so willingly saying that that's that's one of those instances like when you're in this period you know people are asking like are they going to do anything are they really not going to do anything they're just going to roll with young guys and not spend any money blah 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 like i know a lot of people don't like to hear it as this process is going on but they they will like they know they've all said these things. And at some point you have to convince the players to come. You have to get the trades agreed to whatever. But like, I guess what I'm saying, Brendan, is your pitching coach isn't going on the radio, identifying needs that everyone in the world knows the Cubs need. If the vibe in the organization is like, yeah, we're not spending any money. Like you better make it work with Javier Asad I mean, we'll see. We'll and see. Hayden Wisniewski. I, I just don't... I. Well, then we'd have a bigger problem because then we'll the people see. in the organization are not on the same page, man. Like that's just this it's it, happened it, before. It's not an outlandish wish list from Tommy Hadavy. It just feels like a weird thing for a coach to go and say, thinking that dude, I don't I'm done with the media stuff. We had Jed Hoyer three years ago saying he's very confident. That Rizzo will be extended. Yeah, we but have, we're not talking. But we're talking about a coach, though. That's what we're I'm talking saying. about. We're talking about coaches, players, and executives all getting in front of practice. a mic, talking about practice. But this is this is just media speak. Sometimes stuff comes in the brain. You just yeah, say whatever the I hell suppose. you want to say. I'm just saying. I, you know what I mean, though. Jed says we need to add power. Which power? What yeah, power but, did we add? No, I know, but I'm. I think that I think there's a difference between the person in charge and one of the coaches on the team. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I guess I really I'm just, don't. that would just be very strange. Would it not like for him to yeah. say that? And then two months from now we go, remember when Hadavi said they needed another starting pitcher and they didn't get one. Wasn't well, that define weird? starting pitcher. They go out and get like what? Marcus Stroman coming back. Your guy, Marcus Stroman, my guy, your guy. You love right. Marcus Stroman. I'm not, I, look, it, if, the, if the decision is like, are we, signing guys into their mid or late thirties 
when, you know, you're looking at some of the numbers and things are comparable and things like that. Like I, you know, if they brought back Stroman on a short deal, it doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world. I just, when we entered this off season, I just had more hope that we would be going beyond replacing Bellinger and Stroman's loss and making the team better. And as this no, off season, the- <laughs> as this off season has gone along, we've worked ourselves back into, well, what if they just brought them Bring back them exactly back. and didn't, well, and did little else or something else? I don't know. Their expected record was 91 wins. Oh, they no. just got unlucky last year, Corey. That's mm-hmm. what it was. They got unlucky last year. So if you bring it back, they're going to make the playoffs a hundred percent. That's what's going to happen. I don't know why. Like I started the show off optimistic, positive, Not really, and you, you kind of more than you. You have a way of putting me into a horrible mood. You by do doing what? Just by talking existing. about the team. <laughs> yeah, this like, happens like, all the time. Even texting, I'm in a good mood. I'm enjoying my <laughs> evening. And then all of a sudden, I'm bashing the front office 20 minutes later. I don't want to bash the front office. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It could all work out, yep. right? I mean, there's a lot of moves to be made. If you were ranking, rank them for me. You're the pitching guy. So, okay. and and there may be options beyond this. We're going to, th- we'll throw Shane Bieber in there just because he's been a name that's come up a, a decent amount. So if, if I gave you four, it was at five people. Yeah. If I gave you Stroman, Imanaga, Snell, Montgomery, trade for Shane Bieber. And obviously their contracts are different. Things are not equal. But assuming based on projections, Stroman's based on getting those. a shorter one. Yeah. You, you know, whoever's getting more money. Bieber obviously costs you player capital rank them one to five in terms of your preference. And you can put them in tiers if anything belongs in a different tier. Number one, Ibanaga. Number two, okay, Stroman. But, okay, no, I'll ask you after. Okay. okay. We got to do the ad break here too, by the way. Yeah, We're getting way ahead of this. So let's rank them. We'll do the ad break. We'll come back. Ibanaga, number one. Stroman, number two. Bieber, number three. Four, Montgomery. Five, Snell. Okay. So fair? just tell me... Why Imanaga one, Snell five? Tell me why. For for to phrase it for anyone listening, right? I feel like just yeah. a good framing of the question. Tell me why your preference would be a guy who's never pitched in Major League Baseball before versus a guy that literally just won the Cy Young. <laughs> and I'm not I'm twice. not framing it that way, but I think <laughs> in in layman's I terms, explain that. I get it. So. In layman's terms, baseball now versus eight years ago in projecting pitchers has a higher degree of confidence. So as a result, even though Imanag is not played in the US, you can at least infer with a better understanding and a better degree of confidence how his stuff will play in Major League Baseball. Now, when you contrast his profile versus what Snell has done, I like Imanaga at the $100 million or so discount because I am pretty confident his fastball should play up. His fastball has a very low release point with 20 inches of induced vertical break. That would be, I don't know, around, if it translates like over the 80th percentile for guys with carry on forcing fastballs. That plays up even more because of that low release point. 
That's what makes Strowman so good because of that low release point as well. So I know Imanaga, $100 million cheaper with a four-seam fastball, his foundation that should translate over. Now he has a sweeper and a splitter. I know one of those two pitches has a good chance of being successful. Compare that to Blake Snell. The principal reason why Blake Snell is ranked lower is because of the volatility over his entire career. 2018, great year, one to Cy Young, 31 starts, followed up 2018 and 2019 with just 23 starts in a 4.3 ERA. COVID hit 2020, 2021 comes back. Again, only 27 starts, 4.2 ERA. Fast forward, 2022, only 24 starts, a 3.4 ERA, better still. And then last season, finally hits 32 starts again, over 30 starts for the first time in five seasons and wins to Cy Young. I need to know if I'm going to dish out $200 million that my return on the investment is going to yield confident, projectable value. I can't say given the up and down with Snell that that's likely going to happen. Simultaneously, we know Jed Hoyer doesn't operate like that. Dansby Swanson's contract, six years, seven years for 177, is because the floor is high with the defensive base. Yeah. So with similar thinking, the floor is high, you would imagine, with Imanaga relative to his contract of like five years, 85, maybe over 20 million annual average value because of the forcing fastball. So it's it's pretty easy for me. It's about cost and it's about projecting value. If contract was not an issue, I would pick I would pick Blake Snell, the mm-hmm. whiffs and everything. Yeah. We're factoring in literally two times the amount in a contract. Yeah. Would let and and we haven't heard this at all, but let's would any of those guys on their projected contract including Blake Snell would you be like pissed if they did that or just like I'm concerned about the long-term proposition here? Yeah. I guess I'm asking I mean, if any of these guys are like, no, 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 no. At these terms, this is bad. This sets them back. This is going to be looked at as a bad deal. Don't do this. I I don't know. I mean, Montgomery's okay. is kind of the person you're talking about there, right? Because you have Stroman, 34, likely going to get a short-term contract. So I'm fine with bringing back Stroman. Like I said, said this with Jared a couple of weeks ago before the holiday. Strowman probably might fall back into the Cubs' hand where you can structure a contract where the AAV is maybe $20 million, even lower perhaps, and you give more money up front, you front load that contract, and you have like a player option for 2025, and you can opt out and try it again. That might be what Strowman does. Montgomery is an interesting case. If it's six years, 150, I... I it doesn't quite sit well with me. Uh, he does have a three-year track record of consistent innings, talking about 30 starts, 21, 32, 22, and then 32 last season, the playoff pedigree to go with that. He's one of those guys where if the command isn't perfect, because he doesn't get whiffs, I mean, we're talking like a league average whiff rate. I worry how that ages. Uh, and compared to Stroman and past pitchers, he doesn't quite have those like ultra unique pitch types. Yeah. For example, Stroman, very low release point, has the most seam shifted wake on his two seam fastball. Those are 
outlier traits. With I still, I still need it. We got to talk to the folks at CHGO. I, I obviously this is harder because we're remote. I still need it. I like on Pee Wee's Playhouse, where it's what? like you know the stuff explodes when you say seam shifted wave. He said the secret word. I don't say it that often. I don't. <laughs> yeah, say that's that. why it's special. Yeah, yeah. Like confetti would have burst out of the. I actually hate even saying that. That's such a stupid name. They should have named it something else. Seam shifted wake is a weird well, way of describing it. When you discover a thing, do you get to is that is it like science? Like if you come up with a concept, you get to name it. Yeah, that's actually the most fun part. Like a star, or a disease, or something, you get to pick the name. Yeah, okay. yeah. We can talk about some names off air that that I that I would pick, but mm -hmm. uh, seam shifted wake is not a good name. He leads the league in Brendan Miller's over average. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Brendan Miller's over average. All right, BMO. We, we do have to hit our – so what I was going to finish, we do have to hit our first ad break. Let's hit our first yeah. ad break. We'll come back and we'll continue talking about the pitchers because we're not okay. really done and I don't want to do the ad break in three hours. So. All right, Corey. Uh, let's talk about ComEd. It's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something – we all can get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. That is right, Brendan. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do? Business owners should go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yes, indeed. Brendan, go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Okay, Corey, let's talk about Circa Sportsbook. Circa Sportsbook, games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other books, which may use minus 115 or minus 120 splits. That means you get the better chances to win more money. Circus Sports also keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to those other books. Circus Sports does not limit players based on their winnings. So if you're a great gambler, well, they're not going to limit you. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit hot winning players. So we encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available and compare the lines from each sports book yourself. There's also real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. And if you or somebody know may have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Text GAMB to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. All right, Brendan, if you are watching us on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, hit Hello. that like. We are not live, to by the way. CHGO Sports on YouTube. We are not live. Not live, Barb. I know not you've asked it. a million times by now. Probably. We're not. We apologize. But 
Back to the starting pitcher discussion, I think finishing on Montgomery, I think like the real key is, I think he's, a, you know, it's obviously a, a good pitcher would be a he's solid a great addition, pitcher. Yeah. but I think the concern is how much are you paying for him taking the Rangers to a world series? That that's where I think the concern comes in because I think when you look at some of the projections and you look at his like history and what he's putting up, I don't know. I'm, in, well, I'm interested, those, but he's a, you have he's to a, pay late, a premium because, yeah. you know, sometimes people, teams, agents, obviously, for sure, they're going to sell it as go look at what he just did in the playoffs. You want a guy yeah. that can do this in the playoffs. He's got ice in his veins. Like, they're big dogs. DeGrom got hurt. Scherzer was hurt. He didn't pitch that well. But you know who anchored them? Jordan Montgomery. I just, you know, put me in the if he's CAA. Let me do the ad pitch for him. <laughs> But you don't want, you know, if you're Jed Hoyer, Jed's like, well, I'm not paying for that. Great. Congratulations. Yeah. But I'm not paying you a premium for it. I'm going to pay you for, you know, these past years and projections and stuff like that. So I'm interested, but I think if, you know, it's similar to other things. Like if that hits the the higher end of the market, it's just not one they're going to, it's not one they're going to play in. It's, it's unfortunate, like, because we've talked about this, like, I wish they had a $400 million payroll every year. They just spent crazily they're over the luxury tax every time we have to talk about things this way because this is how the team is operating look at them i don't want to sit here and say oh if it's the top end of this market the cub the cubs are going to be out we can't even consider it but like you know prove me wrong yeah and i think everybody knows that so it's like unfortunate but it's like that's how we have to talk about these things that's why we were so sure of the bellinger situation when it first started it was like the yankees go crazy and are like here's 10 years like they're never touching yeah. that they're not doing that listen. it's not even worth talking about whether it's a good idea or a bad idea listen i will take montgomery i don't ever want to yeah. frame these no, conversations as yeah. i don't like that like yeah. montgomery is a innings eater absolutely he's got a diverse repertoire it just creates average across the board i'm operating as if jed hoyer is making these moves i have i have yeah. this like computer simulation and you have baseball to think game. of future years you have to. So when you're right? talking about a six or seven year deal for a pitcher, you have think, to consider like, would this stop Jed from doing something else? And right now the answer seems to be yes exactly. on some of these. I, <laughs> yes, it would. I think about if we sign this pitcher, who are we not signing three years from now? Yeah. That's the way And I it think should about not it. be that way. It's unacceptable it for not. the Cubs to think that way. But the, as, as I've I've said before on the rest of this off season, they can prove us wrong on any of these things. They can prove yeah. us wrong on acting like the big market that they are pulling off a big trade, being willing to commit over 200 million or these long-term deal, but they got to do it until then. Like people are not wrong for accusing them of otherwise because they don't do these things. They're not acting that way. So the one thing I did want to finish though, on the starting pitching thing is I, it would be so much fun because Snell is a unique pitcher in that he has generated some of the most divisive conversation, I think, in the game around his usage and the blending of metrics around him to that usage. Famously taken out <laughs> early in the, yeah. uh, the 2020 World Series. Yeah. The spring training World Series. Absolutely. So, like, I that would be a lot of fun to watch Cubs Twitter do that for us to do that. The conversation, yeah. if, if the, if Craig council took 
Blake Snell out after the second time through the order, which is famously, his numbers do get worse in, in a lot of these seasons. I, I'm not looking at his full career, but I, I think even last year, like third time through the order, the numbers balloon. The walk rate balloons up. K rate goes down. Everything gets worse. Like Craig Council takes him out and then, I don't know, pick whichever reliever you want. Mark Leiter Jr. blows the game. Like that post game with Luke and Ryan and Co- lit. <laughs> So, oh, I, it would be so much fun. The chat would be a mess. Uh, Luke, for sure, is taking the position of you got to let him finish the game. You got to let him go through the order yeah. the third time. And then, and, then, and then Ryan calls in. He's like, you know what? I agree with Greg Council here. Cody, yeah. you're an idiot. You don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I could see. It, I, I, it just would be a lot of fun. So I'm not... I, you know, I don't. I, I want the Cubs to win. You That's want my chaos. Concern. You want chaos secondary to them winning. I'm just thinking. You know what? There's not a lot that's exciting in terms of what the debates and perception could be about, like Jordan Montgomery. But like Blake Snell would provide some entertainment if you're looking for that, because it you know, would be he, very fun to. I I just think it would be fun to watch all that. That's you all. know. You look at these payrolls right now. It's like. It is crazy how little the Cubs have spent over the years. Like they've only paid, I think almost fifteen million, fourteen point four million in luxury tax uh, surcharges since twenty sixteen. That's mm-hmm. that's like insane. And then you look at the committed payroll right now as it stands: Yankees, Blue Jays. By the way, I'm counting on my fingers for you, uh, Michigan man. Yankees, Toronto, Mets, Phillies, Braves. Cardinals, Dodgers, Giants, Rangers, Astros, Padres. I lost track. It's eleven teams who have more money committed next year than the Cubs, mm. right? And you look at you look at the Rangers just won the World Series, already over the luxury tax again. Yankees already above the third tier, going out and making moves, even despite being over the third tier for you know Shohei going out and trying to get. Uh, Yamamoto as well. Mets are doing whatever the hell they want to do. Phillies, they poured in tons of money for Trey Turner and Bryce Harper over the years. The Braves, the Braves are doing what we always hoped the Cubs would do. Develop guys, lock them up, supplement in free agency, and make creative traits. Yeah. That is exactly what we were hoping would be the outcome. Well, I think and, and, what everybody wants to be doing. I think the Dodgers, I mean, even the Dodgers, I think would prefer. And will the Dodgers do the same thing done to, it a to a degree? degree. Yeah, I don't think we've seen someone do it this successfully as the Braves you know, in a it, minute. Maybe the Astros. And the Astros yeah, did a really good job of keeping that core and you look at, going dude, back look to the, the World Series. But you look, at the, you look at the Astros. Why are the Astros able to do this? They have the found, they were the first organization to be cutting edge and innovative. They hire the best analysts. They hire the best scouts. They take risk hiring those younger guys and promoting them through the system. That's they have the best cheating they have system. The best. Yeah. They have the best trash can system, the best videographers. They have. If you're going to do it, be the best at it. You be know? the best I mean, at it. But the, it goes to the point, too. If you, you don't want to get found out you were cheating and you're like bad no, at it. <laughs> no. No, I mean, you would know. Like I said, Michigan man over here. You want to be the best at it. Uh, but if you look yeah. at uh, even like the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers, they, they their, their farm system has been among the top over the past decade. Freddie Freeman, 
outside the organization acquisition, Mookie Betts, trade, extend, Shohei, Otani, now, of course. And you supplement that through Chris Taylor's and Max Muncy's and the pitching pipeline that they've had. And that's worked out. The Cubs, yeah. I'm still waiting for those trades. Be creative on those trades, trade, extend, et cetera, et cetera. And we just haven't done it yet for some reason. Well, and that goes into that bucket of like, there's there's plenty of time to prove everybody wrong. Um, but you are, I mean, only running out of runway as long as players come off the board. Otherwise, you're not really running out of runway. There's plenty of talent left and time to go. But it would be nice to sort of start making those moves, building the team and having the confidence that that's well, it's a conversation. Because I think until sense. they spend a single dollar on the major league roster for 2024, people are going to be a little uneasy about it. Well, it's, a, it's, a, conversation, it's a conversation to have whether it, my inclination would be that we don't look at 2024 the same way Jed Hoyer does. Right now, the team's, what, 70, 80 wins. We talked about this last week. You know, you have to at least jump 10 wins to 90 territory. If that doesn't happen, why go over the luxury tax? Why make these trades for 2024? Why sign Stroman if he's only going to be here for one or two years? Just have a soft push. Do what you did in 23 and just reevaluate after next year if the market doesn't fall your way. Well, I mean, I, again, for clarity, Brendan is thinking as Jed Hoyer, not as Brendan Miller. Listen, I would have fired Jed Hoyer last year the, at my worst. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> at my worst, when I've had at like four glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I've had four glasses. After that I, series way, in Atlanta, I think everybody was ready. I would have oh fired anyone and everybody. <laughs> yeah. Listen, by the way, I like Jed Hoyer. I like the yeah. front office. I like the guys they have right now. I just want to see some like weird stuff going on. I want to see some like stuff we never expected. That's all. That's all I want to yeah. see. I, mean, I, think I think it's a fair ask. I do think that's fair. Okay. Let me do this ad break here. We'll come back. We'll finish up this conversation. Okie dokie. All right, Corey. New Year's resolution for a lot of people, get healthy, exercise, Midtown's four Chicagoland locations, Palatine, Palatine. No way did you do that again. <laughs> it's the way that, first off, the text is so small on my computer screen. I need to get glasses here. It's just, I just read whatever it sounds like in my mind. Pa Palatine. But you yelled at, anyway. What, you can finish what you want, no, what no, you no. want to say. We, we, no, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, oh man, well, how do you say this one? Uh, Bannockburn is it Bannockburn? Mm -hmm. All right, I'm sorry to all of our Bannockburn uh, listeners. Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Those are your four Chicagoland locations. Midtown is the nicest fitness club I've seen. I want to go in there. I see Carm playing basketball with Braggs in those uh, Midtown locations. I, I want to check it out when I get back out to Chicago. There's something to do there for the entire family. So childcare is also included with family memberships. Also amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week included in the membership. This isn't gym quality. The spaces are high-end boutique quality. There's also yoga, boxing, spin and cycling, and group exercise classes. The best tennis course and programming in the sport, Midtown has indoor-outdoor tennis, pickleball and paddle tennis, USTA professional quality all the way. 
Head over to midtown.com slash to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Second break here from FOCO. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Take your FOCO gear. Go to Midtown. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. It's baseball season coming up here. We're about six weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Think about that. Six weeks away. So get ready for spring training with Aloha shirts, straw hats. Protect yourself from the Arizona sun. I've been sunburned like crazy in Arizona. I got the worst sunburn in my life at Sloan Park like 10 years ago when it first opened. Get those straw hats. They have polos, bags as well. Everything you need for a game. They've given us set decorations. You've seen the Hayden Wisniewski bobblehead, for example. Go show them some love. Check out foco.com or click the link in the description Below for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for ten percent off. All right, Brendan. Um, I will address. You made a, a number of comments, and I think I'll save my full rebuttal uh, for next week, or I'll just pretend the topic about didn't what? come up at all. But you made a couple of mentions of it. Uh, yes, Brendan, I did attend the University of Michigan, and on Monday night, the University yeah. of Michigan will be playing for a national title. So okay. I will have to take a brief break uh, this weekend from jabbering with you about the Chicago Cubs because I am going to fly to Houston and come back with a national title. So, so I'll talk to you when they next find Friday. out that they cheat. Do they take away the national championship? Is that a thing? Or do they just put a they put an asterisk it's above my pay grade? One. Yeah, listen, listen. I don't know what to tell you. That was cute. What <laughs> we said? Listen at the same time. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Anyway, I'm hey, happy for you. Congratulations you've heard this from me before. We talked about this relative to like the Astros thing and the Cubs. I have said this many times. I am on record of saying this. If I found out the Brewers were doing it. It's a stain on the sport. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. They should be barred from the sport. Well, they were. Move them they to were. Nashville, et cetera. If the Cubs had done it and won a World Series, I would have said, try harder, losers. Like, but not first, you're last. So remind me, when they won their World Series, did they do that? No, they did not. No. The 2016 Chicago Cubs, who did win the World Series, okay. did not have to cheat to do it. Did they were not just cheat. one of the best teams in the history of baseball. During that World Series year, just yeah. to confirm. Yeah, okay. if you can believe just making it. sure. If I, you sometimes can I can't. So as as we veer towards the end of this conversation, this inane rambling conversation that we've had, I I do I did think that so the that blog we were talking about on fan graphs is titled The Cubs Are Slumbering, and that's fine for now. Uh, if you wanted to go check it out on the Flangraphs blog. But I I did think that the way it ended was a good summary of kind of what we've said and, and sort of keeps, keeps the perspective. Um, the article looks through the roster, talks about the good things, some of the things could be better, et cetera, et cetera. But it ends this way. Last year, the Cubs payroll number against the competitive balance tax topped out at $227 million. So far, their commitments for 2024 bring that number to 185.9. That is some $51 million shy of the lowest CBT threshold. And let's be real. This is the old money team in one of the biggest cities on the continent. The Cubs ought to be spending at or above 
the tax. That likely gives them enough space to add not one, but two of the top remaining free agents without going over the tax threshold. Even if they do go over to sign a veteran first baseman or DH, the tax bill itself would be a pittance. And this is where I think the key line and and summary comes in. But they have they actually have to make those moves. Ah. With the Dodgers and Yankees having done their shopping, the Braves tickling the second CBT surcharge threshold after the Chris Sale trade, and most of the other big teams either standing pat or resetting, the Cubs might actually be in a perfect position to slow play things, wait out some of the remaining pitchers, and let the market come to them. That's what they're doing. Ends by saying, so we're probably something like five weeks or three major signings, whichever comes first, from actually being in a position to ask what the heck the Cubs are up to. I just thought it was a good summary. It it feels true and a good kind of perspective to have that I think we've all kind of talked through, but I thought that was that was well put. Like the, yeah. the moves are still there, but they have to actually do them. And if Imanaga goes elsewhere next week, again, Thursday is the final day of his 45-day posting. If, say, Reese Hoskins signs somewhere else, the – Guardians make clear that Shane Bieber is sticking around. Blake Snell goes back to San Diego, whatever it is. Then, of course, that ratchets up the, hey, for real, though, like, what are the Cubs doing? There's nobody left. Until then, for as annoying as it is, we all just have to sit and wait and hope that as we've all laid out, that 51 or so million dollars that they have before even hitting the first tax threshold gets spent and makes this team better, perhaps just checking off what your pitching coach is telling people he wants on the radio. <laughs> I don't care about the timing. If they want to wait yeah, sure. until it's the annoying, very, it's annoying. I'm going to complain about it, but if they want to wait until the very last second, you know, the last game of spring training before they do that. Sure. Wait, just get it done. You know, that is a strategy waiting out the market, getting the best value for these guys. If it doesn't work, then you can criticize and judge how the process worked out. In the current moment, it's just unsettling. That's what we've talked about for weeks. It's unsettling because of the high volume of additions that need to be made. So that's where I'm at with it. I'm also like pro. I'm Hey, listen, if they can come away with smart moves, great. Like If they're going to operate like this, then great. Yeah, I would much rather they fall into the Dansby Swanson market rather than being saddled with the Bogarts thing. The problem though, is it's like one, is that how they should be acting? You know, if you like a player, you want a player, you you are in a better position than most to just say, Hey, we're going to go get that. But if it works out, then you can can say, Oh, it was always right, man. You know, like it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous game to play. I know it is. So that's the thing. I, I hope it works out. I hope at the end of this, Everybody looks a little silly for, you know, being on Jed's behind and wanting him to be faster. If he ultimately goes, hey, look, I got a bunch of really good players on deals that are going to look like steals starting now until the end of these contracts. Great. Like, that's what I hope. That's what they're doing. But I don't I guess I guess it's a it's a separate question to ask. Do you think that validates the strategy? That's like the the separate uh, if it question. works, then yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but can you get away validation. with it all the time? I don't know. This has never been done either. before. It's yeah. an extreme strategy. I don't hate it on paper. I hope it works out. What I do hate is they never signed Kevin Gossman three years ago. 
If you look at Gossman's contract, he has three years remaining at $22 million per year. You would take that. You would chop off your left arm for that contract right now. Marcus I don't Stroman think I ever that. said you were wrong about Kevin Gossman, but it's like if you go back through the backlogs of you and I talking, that must be the 500th time you've said that man's name, and he's never played for the Cubs. It's like a little but you, crazy. But, you know, but like those are the signings. It's like Brian Rott, you've created your own like Jake Peavy territory with Kevin Gossman. No, I have not. Like, like Kevin Gossman was a more obvious acquisition than Jake Peavy. He's on a whole different level than Jake Peavy. We, I know, but I'm saying you talk a lot about someone who's never, and at this point probably will never play for the team you're on a podcast talking about. That was the dumbest <laughs> miss they've ever had. Even at the time, we're like, what are they doing here? Why would they not give that money for Kevin Gossman? I thought Gossman would be like- Or was that Jed? I, I don't remember when he signed somewhere. Uh, that was 2020, before 2022. Oh, okay, so, so Jed. It was Jed. The it Jed was Jed era. We're in our Jed era now. We can e- we can email Jed. I can try. We we have I think some contact information from Jed. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Do you think he would reply? Do you think he would re- uh, he would reply to me? Mm, uh, no, no, I don't. We've had Cubs executives apply to our network in the past. Not all city, but you know, in way back then, our like friend circle. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, not really. But we'll, we'll talk about this off air. You okay, don't remember that's this? Fine. Not really. Oh man. I don't want to like out the person. No, but like, I mean, it definitely not happened. do that. Okay, let's not do that. But yeah, man, Kevin Gossman would have been nice. That's that's what I will say. But it does speak to a larger point. That's the the larger point that I was getting at there is because you, the way you looked at me right now was a little no. So sorry, I I pulled up a list. I was trying to figure out have we so like some of this we were obviously too young for. But like I'm looking okay. at the list of Cubs general managers, so I I started. I just Hendry, Theo, and well, no, uh, like obviously, like I, I was born in the Larry Himes era, that was okay. followed by Ed Lynch for six years. He was the general manager when the Cubs uh, won the wild card in 1998. Yeah, then Andy like McPhail and Jim Hendry. So then around yeah. uh, you have Andy McPhail for a couple years and then Jim Hendry. And I think Andy McPhail goes above him when they win what in was 2003. The, uh, yeah. What was the first year for Hendry? 2002 as the general manager. Wow. July 2002 to August man. 2011. That, that uh, and then Randy Bush fast. is the interim before Jed Hoyer and, you know. The Epstein. Thoyer, yeah. And Jason McLeod. Yep. I, I was just asking, I was thinking, you know, it, thinking in eras. I feel like you and I sort of start being conscious in the Jim Hendry era. I don't really that remember was too much. My yeah. first season following the Cubs, like, closely was uh, 2002. That was mm-hmm. it for me. I was, like, kind of too young for, like, the 98 to 2001 I feel like eras. adult, Brendan, I don't think you would have been able to handle, like, Mark Pryor. I couldn't handle him when I was young either. No, that's so. what I mean. No, 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 no. I feel like now, like you would have been doing so much work yeah. to like figure him out. And then like, he's getting run into and knocked out for the seat. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would have broken you like as a person. I vividly remember where I was so when, I. like when he fell over. Yeah. On the I remember pass. more when he took the liner again. What was it like Brad Hopp? Colorado. I know it was yeah, Colorado. It's Colorado. Was it Brad yep. Hop? I don't remember. Let me look that up. 
while we're live yeah. on the air. Everybody loves. Well, Marcus Giles like ran in. No, I know, I know bird. that. Uh, yeah. But I was playing baseball at a park, listening to Pat on my portable AM radio, and like <laughs> we're, we're like in the middle of playing baseball in the park, and I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go. I'm like <laughs> listening to them describing Pryor being on the ground. He's, I'm like, I can't play anymore. <laughs> I gotta go home. I gotta, I, I don't know what I needed to go do. I needed to go figure out what was happening. Oh my god, yeah. I was doing something similar when Kosuke Fukudome hit that opening day three run tying home run. Mm-hmm. I was at baseball practice. I, I said, I, I don't feel well. I had to leave for a second and I went to go watch highlights. Was it Brad Hop? I'm trying to figure this out. It's yes. Look at that. Nice. You know, you really got to wonder why you remember that. Like you got to do some such a sick thing to remember. It's really sick. I can't thing remember, to remember what I had for dinner two days ago, but who hit the I, liner that knocked Mark Pryor out? Oh, sure. Tell Brad me about it. My cognition, who else like, would it be? real talk here, my cognition has gone down dramatically in the last five years. Dramatically. Mm-hmm. I used to remember like baseball numbers for all the players like that. I can barely remember baseball numbers. I have found that I can remember most things if you center it around what happened in the Cubs game that day. If you ask me mm. what ha- what did you do on July 28th? Be like, I have no idea. <laughs> if you said, what did you do the day the Cubs uh, you know, and I'm, I'm like making one up. I, I don't Javi know. Javi Baez is Mother's Day walk off. Well, that was oh Mother's God. Day. Of course, I remember that. But oh, yeah, it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, what did you do the day that Justin Steele had the longest start of his career and beat the San Francisco Giants? I'm like, oh, sure. I remember exactly what I was doing that day. <laughs> <laughs> had a great cup of coffee. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I can run through the whole lunch. day. Thank you for grounding it in something that I can understand. Oh, my gosh. We are very sick like yeah. that. But hey, back to that point, Jim Hedry made some moves. Aramis Ramirez, Kenny Lofton, Randall Simon. Uh, and there's, yeah, Lee. I mean, there's things to be learned. There's things to celebrate and things to be learned from, I think, every particular style. Certainly, Jim Hendry. Jim Hendry's like over here on the risk, the risk timeline and Jed Hoyer's yeah off screen he's over <laughs> here screen. somewhere this the, is yeah. very risky let's get crazy like living in yeah. vegas jed hoyer i you can't even see it he's over here he's worst like, the elf yeah. in the middle i think probably closer to hendry dude you think so he was pretty aggressive like the and to end that tenure in boston and stuff like that like he was wheeling and dealing dude like to a what fall about bryce harper huh bryce harper missed out on that was that a risk yeah, three hundred twenty-five. We're talking about risk assessment. Yeah, I think it was. Hendry was like, "I'll sign whatever contract. I'll make whatever trade. Like whatever that, whatever." Basically, Milton Bradley, Matt Garza. Yeah, he's yeah. got some real bad ones. Uh, you Garza want like, turned the, out. You want the like the horror stories of what happens when you're reckless in free agency. Like Jim Hendry's got some good ones for you. So. Yeah, tell me about it. I so where were you the day that Ryan Dempster was traded? I can tell you. I was thinking about this. Do you know the story of the Ryan Dempster trade? Like, yeah, uh, well, like, you know he was, he was traded for Rodis Vizcaino first. You know that, right? Yeah, I think so. So, he, so, so that news broke. I was at the gym, you know, working out. You know, on TV. Is this, the, is this the one where uh, Gordo says Baez is going in one of them? No, that's Shelby Miller. That's Shelby, Shelby Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, okay. That was a late night one. Okay. So. It was Dempster for Rodis Vizcaino. Okay. Dempster's taking a nap. He gets traded. 
He wakes up. He says, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that trade. And then Dempster, yeah, yeah, Dempster gets traded. That was a rumor, by the way. I don't know if that was ever like verified. Dempster then gets traded back to the, uh, gets traded to the Rangers and Christian Villanueva, third baseman, Kyle Hendricks. Some other guy. Yeah. Christian Villanueva and some other random guy. Villanueva was a headliner too. Yeah. That was the main guy. Yep. Crazy, crazy times. So when this trade is the trade this is 2012. Yeah, 2012. And I think, was that the same deadline that they acquired CJ Edwards? Unless my math is wrong, do you want to know where honestly I was when that happened? Huh? I think I was at in Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic working for the Texas Rangers, and I think I was at the Hooters in Santo Domingo. Okay. Was not expecting you to go there. Interesting. There was only a certain number of like, you know, they brought like American chains down to there. And I think so we you were, were there because like, they had the TVs or something. So it was like you and like Jose Leclerc next to you and everything? No. He was he was at the <laughs> complex, but yeah, it was like the folks, the folks working there. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I think, I, I think, yeah. I think that's where I was. So should I be giving, should I be taking more yeah. credit for Kyle Hendricks? I've been trying to give you more credit for years. You just never take it. You're, you're too humble. Wow. I didn't really think that. about that. Yeah. I could be making up anything. I mean, you've been a lot. You were, you're responsible for I Corey convinced, I, I had AJ Preller's ear and I convinced him like, you don't like that Hendricks guy. He throws, how slow he throws. What are you going to do with him? You know, I throw know. him that to cha- Chicago. Come on. That change up, it's over. No, no, no. Don't AJ, that, that. that homer, he, that grand slam he gives up to James Loney. It was a fluke. Don't worry yeah, about it. He's great. Don't worry about that. Oh man, that James <laughs> Loney home run. No man, that was devastating. I oh, remember Jim where Hendrick. I was for that. Rich Harden, the Rich Harden deal. That was one of my favorite deals. Yeah, that's a very we, Brendan kind of move. That was an unbelievable trade. You know it was too. Yeah. Rich Harden splitter I was at the time. That. Yeah. My God. Man. Yeah. Dude, he was nasty too. Yeah. It was five innings or bust, but that splitter was disgusting. Mm. I think that trade was Josh Donaldson, Eric Patterson, Matt Merton, and I'm forgetting the four. Sean Gallagher. Gallagher. Sean Gallagher. I was kind of disappointed about that. Sean mm. Gallagher was my guy. And I, I believe he was number 48. I got to look this up now. Sean Gallagher Cups. Wow. What number was he? Was I didn't he think we would get here on this show. Well, we're here. So. We're here. 36. This is what you're doing, Jed. It was 36. At any okay. moment, Jed Hoyer, you have the ability to prevent us from talking about Sean Gallagher in the year 2024. At any minute. We he will talk one... about anything. <laughs> He had other other good, than this. He had one really good start for the yeah, Cubs. Yeah, I remember. I want to mm-hmm. say it was against the Rockies. I'm going to look this up. It's always Just the Rockies, I guess. I guess it is, for better or for worse. They're very uh, memorable. Sean Gallagher last played in 2010. So yeah, it was 2007. We're really dating ourselves here now. Uh, dude, we're getting old, man. Yeah. Uh, bah, bah, bah. It was the. Give me a second here. It's great live radio. Yeah, this is great live radio. So it's not coming up. His like good starts not coming up. His longest outing as a Cub was four point one. Was it against Pittsburgh? No, he was with Pittsburgh. I can't find it. Can't oh, do it. Wow. Oh, it doesn't go back that far. That's why. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, and That's like, why. and there's a lot of videos of this stuff that they 
I don't know where they are, but they're not. They cut off the like, you know, it starts MLB. video thing. It like yeah. cuts off at a certain point. Man, that's disappointing. I haven't looked in a minute, but like I remember there's a lot of like Derek Lee on the Cubs that like you can't really find good video for because they took it. <clears throat> they just don't update those, you know, non HD yeah. footage and stuff. So. I know that footage looks like it's from like 19, uh, yeah, it's horrid. Yeah, you would think it was horrible. like 80s. Yeah, horrible. I was looking at yeah. Corey Patterson video like two weeks ago. Why? Um, just a thought came to me one night. We're talking about center fielders, I'm like, yeah, right. Cody Bellinger could play center field. He had PCA. Remember Cody, like Corey Patterson? So I went to look at his highlights, and I, I started to think how bad were his strikeout issues, and they weren't that bad. He's a 22 percent mm. K rate, but he only, he only walked four percent of the time. So that's why he used to strike out against those high fastballs a yeah. lot. Remember that? But it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. For the era it was, but in like today's world, it wasn't that bad. Long I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of things we could look at, you know, and go back and maybe like correct what the narrative was. Like I think a lot of people have a weird Ryan Terrio, for example. No, we're not gonna do that. Uh don't that. say it again. We're doing uh that. like, you know, a lot of people I think don't have the strongest memory of like Soriano who was very good for most of his time as a cub. You know why? You know why? He no. did not hit his first home run until May 1st in Pittsburgh. Opposite field shot. take KB a month too. Took KB a month. Took Dansby a long time as well. It yeah. just happens. You know, I was in the school library watching the game when Soriano hit his opposite field home run into those short bleachers in Pittsburgh. This is what I mean. Yeah. You know, I can tell you what I'm doing, as you said, based on what the Cubs yeah, did I that day. I have no idea unless you can tell me what the Cubs did that day. And then I know exactly. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I know where yeah. I was. I know what I was doing, who I was with. Oh, and that was the game that, you know, Dave Veers came in in the eighth inning. Do you oh. think we were getting a Dave Veers mention today? No, no. you didn't. How about we that? Did not. We did not. That's good you trivia know, for you. He, you know, he gets that double play to end the double header in 2003 against the Pirates to win the division. Actually, I forgot about that. Dave Veer. That is good trivia. Yeah. One of my, and maybe we should end the show here, but one of my favorite memories is, <laughs> maybe you don't remember this. If you do, I'll get, you know, good for you. But there is this very long extra inning game. I want to see like 2005, 2006 with rain delays against the D-backs. It was like a nine hour game. Two rain delays. They went to like the 15th or 16th inning at Wrigley. It was one of my favorite games. I watched baseball the entire day. Is this ringing a bell? Not really. Oh, man. It had to have been like 2005. So my day that day, I was in Arizona at the time. So 11.20 start time. Yeah. Okay. Rain delay starts. I go ice skating. So I'm at the ice skating den, you know, having a good time. Rain delay. They come back. Goes to extra innings, you know. I get to go back home and watch the end of the game when I get dark outside. It was mm. an entire day event. I loved it. I I don't recall that. Um, yeah, it was a good one. It wasn't memorable, but it was just for me. It was like the perfect day, nice summer day at the ice den, having some French fries, watching the Cubs game the entire day. I see an eighteen days. inning game against the Astros in two thousand six. No, it may have been earlier. May have been like 2005, 2004. Oh. The D-backs still had their like purple uniforms. Yeah, so I don't remember. Yeah, during that, during that era. Oh, all right. Uh, there you go. I guess that's what we have for you. 
<laughs> if listen, I'm telling you, if they have done nothing by next week, how we ended this episode, that's going to be the whole episode. We're just going to start no do that. prep, no nothing. And we're just going to rip into talking about whatever random Chicago Cubs thought <laughs> pops into our mind. We so should, that's we the threat that. to Jed. Hoyer. We should do that. You either make a major league move for a pitcher for Brendan. Or we're talking about Will or something, or we are talking about Coy Hill, Mark Rizalanik. <laughs> okay. I would love to talk about Mark Rizalanik. Joe Borowski. Oh, yeah. Love Joe Borowski. Todd Hundley. Want to keep going? Oh, man. Yeah. Todd Hundley. Love Todd Hundley. Great catcher. <laughs> That's Chad Hoyer would have loved Todd yeah. Hundley. He would have signed Todd Hundley to even a bigger contract than uh, Tucker Barnard. If you want to stop us from talking about Paul Bacco, Jed Hoyer, get it together. Uh, no, 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 no. No Paul Bacco. Why? Last out, 2003 NLCS. He was oh, the last yeah, out. I know. You know, what's, you know what, actually, though, and this is a claim to fame of mine, I, I, can't, I can't produce any receipts of this, but okay. I corrected at one point, you know those Sporkle quizzes? Yeah. Where they'll, like, do the quiz, you name the player, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. had to email them email them or submit a whatever for a correction because they had on there who made the last out of the 2003 season for the Cubs. And they said, Damian Miller. And I wrote, Hey guys, you have an error on here. Uh, and I, you know, I'm like, you can look at the box score, but unfortunately I was at this game, uh, and through the tears, I, I do remember it being Paul Bacco pretty vividly. So I cannot believe you went through the effort to correct them. You're sick. What was You're wrong, sick, Brendan. Damian Miller they doesn't deserve wrong. that. Come on, no. God, that pop up to left <laughs> field. I can remember it so vividly, yeah. so vividly. God, that's a good. I mean, obviously, a you know, it's not close, but that's a good like. I, we've ended up in scenarios over the course of our life where like the season is riding on Paul Bacco making the last out. Or don't even bring up that guy's name. Okay, in 2018. All right, Were you thinking it? Were you thinking it? Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. What do you mean? <laughs> Don't do that to me. That was a tough year. That was 2018. What's like those... in 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 people's heads? I think sometimes like or in movies, it's like the World Baseball Classic from this past year, where it's like it all comes down to Trout and Otani, and it's like no, it doesn't. It comes down to the one team's worst reliever and some guy who's not even supposed to hold a bat. Like that's how these games end sometimes, you know. God. Horrible. Anyway, I got one last comment, and then we can sign off. You know what? The ha my happiest moment, honest to God, outside of the winning the World Series, my happiest moment as a Cubs fan is Albert Almora. You ready for this? Albert Almora hitting a home run off Clayton Kershaw in the NLCS okay. in 2017. They go up. Yeah. Is it game one NLCS I Kershaw that's our home run? Our at Dodge our Stadium, friend of the I, yeah, I was there. I I know. So was I. So was I. I think that's our friend of the podcast, Ryan Tomiers. He's always described that moment as feeling like, oh shit, they're gonna go back to back. Like they're gonna <laughs> yeah. win two World Series in a row. Yeah, yeah, man, that was crazy. And yeah. I, you know, that game. I don't know if I'm gonna get like arrested for this, but I like. So I bought the cheapest ticket at that game. I think I told you the story, right? I ever tell you the story? I think so. I might get arrested for saying this, but we're going to go you, with like it. Photoshop the ticket? Yeah, I photoshopped the ticket. I don't think you can so, get retroactively arrested for that. I don't know how it works these days. So I got the ticket, $80 ticket, nosebleeds. I photoshopped my ticket on my phone. 
I go to one of those ticketing sites. I find yeah. a vacant seat yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just change it. So I sat in like thousand dollar seats behind home plate. Yeah. How about Albert Moore is right there in front of me hitting that home run. And in that moment, I'm like, we are the best team of all time. Yeah, it did feel good. I this is way long. We'll we'll keep maybe that some of this for next week, Jed. Okay. Yeah, true. Make a move or else, or else we're talking about the 2005 Chicago Cubs. That's a direct threat to everyone involved. (laughs) If it's 2005, nobody likes that. Eight years for you. We're punishing ourselves and our listeners. It's a it's a, a a content strike. Let's go. Against Jed Whiter until he makes a move. We <laughs> are like not having a normal conversation until they they spend a dollar. On I kind of roster. like that idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really do. But immediately, I the the doubleheader when they won in 03, I remember oh, being like man. on another planet of feeling everything. And I mean, even like Dude. the the knocking out the Cardinals too, because that was like house money. It's like they're going to the NLCS. Like we didn't even think this team, we didn't even know half these guys were going to get called up when this season started. Like, yeah, this is about as good as it gets. So possibly like a single moment, like when, when Javi took John Lackey deep, I have never been more, I, that was like, I'm on another Whoa. plane of existence <laughs> from everybody. <laughs> Like, oh, the Schwarber home run too. That yeah. later in that game, yeah, that was just because that was our first series win, like legit, like yeah. good feeling since uh, two thousand three. Yeah, you know, it took twelve years. I mean, not really feel like literally it was. You you yeah, said know, that I know where there was like other. Well, ones I was thinking card. about the the wild card game the previous week. That that's why, but mm. like the first like series win since twenty uh, two thousand three. Yeah, good times. Right. I yeah. miss I miss right. those feelings. Although, 2017, the NLDS uh, gets Nationals. That was a good one. Underrated. If that yeah. was a normal, if that was a normal year, that game five would be remembered so much differently. Yeah. Coming back down four nothing, Hendricks gets wrecked in game five. Yeah. Wade Davis was it two plus innings. Bryce Harper. I don't know what Bryce Harper to strike out on that cutter. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the best. Yeah. Wade, Wade Davis, Davis throwing to trade. some mystery catcher. Like we'll never know who that was. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> um, I hated that trade, by the way, the way Davis for Solaire trade. But in hindsight, I liked it. I we did an episode about it, but I don't think we the did. audio exists anymore. I wanted to trade Javi Baez over Jorge Soler to bring well, this full circle. That, that was that was one thing I was wrong about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. That's what we have. Uh, we will be back next week, either talking about. Uh, something that the Major League Chicago Cubs have done for the 2024 season, or as you heard, yes. we are going on a content strike. We are not having this conversation anymore, guys. I, I promise. I, and I do mean earnestly, especially if you're here at the what are we at, like the 80 minute mark. Like we, we genuinely this. appreciate everybody, especially yeah. those of you tuning in every day. You know, with Cody and Luke and Ryan, and I was in the studio on Thursday. Like, we appreciate it very much. It's obviously out of our control whether the Cubs are making moves and doing stuff. But, you know, we, of course, make the commitment to provide content and have conversations and do these shows. You've heard us do the, you know, the CHGO reads before live shows every day, every team. And that's what we're going to do. So we appreciate you guys tuning in and sticking with it and engaging like that's giving us stuff to talk about and like knowing 
how to take these conversations because trust me, we don't want to be having the same conversation about Cody Bellinger day after day, week after week, but we're rooting for a team that hasn't done anything. So uh, we, I feel like we've covered most of it and we're ready to talk about something else and do an emergency show if we have to and everything. But seriously, thank you for tuning in, engaging, participating and, and still being there. Uh, for us as an audience and a community, even if the Cubs are not necessarily doing their part in making this an exciting offseason. So we do appreciate that. Brendan and I will be back with you next Friday. Uh, as always, subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube page. Hit that like button on your way out. We got to give a very hearty Brendan. Go blue. On the end of this podcast, I'll finish with my normal call, but the University of Michigan is playing for a national title, and I'm going to try my damnedest to bring it home, Brendan. All right? I have watched them lose. I graduated in 2013. My senior year, they lost to Louisville in the national title. I watched that live in attendance. I went to the national title against Dante DiVincenzo and Villanova, Jalen Brunson. They lost that. I watched it live. I have spent way too much money, traveled way too many miles to watch the University of Michigan win big, excuse me, lose big games. Desperately. Give me one on Monday. Let me watch them win a national title. I do want them to win. I like Harbaugh. He's a sports guy. I like him. I don't know. I'll get you a pair of khakis if they win. Okay, that'd be great. Appreciate that. Go Go Blue. If you're rooting for Washington, get out. (laughs) Get out. No. Uh, We'll be back next Friday. Todd Hundley. Todd Walker. We could talk about famous Todds in Cubs history. Todd Hollinsworth. Ooh, I like Todd Hollinsworth. (laughs) We're just going to play a game of how how many Todds can you name? Uh, I don't have any more than that. So I'm sure I'm forgetting one, but that's the three I got. Anyway, we appreciate it. We will be back with you next Friday. Don't forget to tune in. Cody, Luke, Ryan will be back with you on Monday. Of course, the CHO team is ready. If emergency news breaks, we will jump on live and talk about it. Brendan and I will be back with you next Friday. We appreciate the support. And as always, go Cubs.